You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Gentlemen, start your engine! Triangle Tire, Tires for Life presents Dave's Corner Garage. The following is a paid program. Opinions on the show are always expressed with a certain joie de vivre. Please consult a doctor before listening, as laughter can be infectious. Buckle in, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your top-down, wind-in-your-hair, Saturday morning automotive thrill ride. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, but right now, love us on Zoomer Radio. Good morning. <laughs> I hope I don't get in trouble for excessive noise because that is the charge. You know? Well, that's one of the charges. We don't want to do any uh, do any burnouts today because we have OPP Sergeant Kerry Schmidt. Hey, good morning. I'll good be morning. listening. That's, that's uh, right. That he's, was good. That was good. He's but, in uh, uniform, and he, you know, as much as he's here to entertain and inform, he's still got the book. He can write me up, a, eh? I got my eyes on you. I have really tickets <laughs> this morning, but uh, we'll be watching as you leave. <laughs> Excellent. We know where to find you on the side, you, you know, 4 Series Highway. Yeah, that big gray cruiser of yours. There you go. Always. Uh, How's that in the wind? You know what? It makes a lot. The doors are huge. When yeah. you have a big crosswind, I can feel the doors kind of flutter and I get some wind noise. So I get wind noise. It's not as uh, tight as maybe I'd like it to have, but you know, it's uh, it's good. The weight's at the bottom. I've never gotten stuck in it. If you know how to drive, you you. You can make it to where you want to go. It's not that complicated. Did right? you hear what he said? If you know how to drive. If you know how to drive. <laughs> yes. Well, we're going to be talking about that today, aren't we? Yes, we are definitely talking yeah. about that. <laughs> so the show is primarily for men to listen to, okay. although women can as well, because we know that old adage about being able to tell a man what. There's two things you can't. That, yeah, so uh, there's a there's a great <laughs> quote. It's in my uh, YouTube uh, episode this week on uh, on Wednesday, and uh, Sir Sterling Moss mm-hmm. said basically said there are two things you can't tell a men t- uh, men to do, and one is to drive, and the other is to make love. <laughs> <laughs> but in both circumstances, you could please a lot more people if you just be receptive to the information. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's and it's not difficult. I mean, Toronto, tra- every single day I'm frustrated in traffic by either, you know, one extreme or the other, completely oblivious drivers or just complete jerks. And, it, and, and there, there doesn't seem to be anything in between. And, and like I said in this video on, on my YouTube channel, I try to set the example. There you go. Thank you. And, yep. and you know... I, I also think, Gary, I think, and, and, and Al, you guys, you, like, I might know a little bit about driving, mm-hmm. so I have a moral obligation to set the example. <laughs> oh. not, we're not going to have gender wars, but are women or men who are the better drivers? Uh, at racing school, for years, I always prefer to teach women. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> I think probably because they're more receptive. They're, they're going to listen. Yes. Well, there's, there's two things. Uh, you know, women are, are definitely there to learn. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's one side of that equation. The other is that 
men's egos get in the way, and they already think they're great drivers. <laughs> right. It's like, sorry, bro, you're not. Yeah, exactly. So one, one's going to be like a sponge, and the other one's going to be like a brick. Th- that's exactly <laughs> yeah, it. That's exactly it. So, you know, it. Um, I you know, I will say um, my, my wife is a fantastic driver, but she's also benefited from a bunch of performance driving courses. Ah. Oh, so, so she went, or you told her to go, or how did no, that I had not, She went. Oh, I, wow. I, yeah, I wasn't teaching. I had nothing to do with that. I didn't want to get Oh, you didn't school her? No, 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 but she, she went to she went to programs and my friends were teaching. Oh, okay. So, so it, it all worked. She's a fantastic driver. So between you and her, who's the better driver? Uh, well, like, or, well, like we're talking about lap, <laughs> lap times or <laughs> lap times or crashes. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we'll go over that later. <laughs> and, that, and that's how I always rest my case because when my wife is telling me how to drive or how I shouldn't, what I'm doing wrong, I always boils down with... Who had the last ticket, or who had the last oh, yeah. accident? If, oh, yeah. if we're talking tickets, it's, uh, that makes me the worst. <laughs> but you got a million miles to go, so uh. well, I, you know. Here's the thing: I drive. I, I figure I drive fifty thousand kilometers a year, so oh, I'm, so I'm, do I. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, you do too. But yeah. you know, they don't Easy. give you tickets; they give me tickets. <laughs> All right, if you're hearing the music, we're going to have to take a break. But uh, you're welcome to call us today. We've got the lines wide open. The phone numbers in the studio are four one six three six zero zero seven forty. Again, four one six. 3600740 or if you're out of town it's a toll free number 18667404740 Kerry Schmidt is here police sergeant Kerry Schmidt hey. I should say who knows everything there is about well, the legal end of driving, anyways. I don't know if he's a good driver, but I've seen him on track. He's okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. Oh, thank. I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Come give us a call. We'll put you on board right after this back. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max in studio with Alan Gelman and OPP Sergeant Carrie Schmidt. And the lady in control. Yes, well, good thing, thing Ashley's here, because <laughs> otherwise, go. you know, the show would not At least someone happen. knows how to drive, eh? <laughs> yes. yes. Or at least pay attention to our uh, job at hand. Keeping <laughs> us in control, in line here. That's okay. right. There you go. I mean, there was a couple of big things that happened this week. Uh, I'm sure, Carrie, you got something to add to it. Um, you know, and, and it's talking about driving now. The first one happened at the Peace Bridge. And, yeah. and, and we're still up in the air as to, you know, what caused the accident to happen because what people are talking about is unintended acceleration. Um, we would hope that someone didn't purposely hit the gas pedal to launch his Bentley into the air, um, but it did cause a huge problem. Yeah, it, sure, it sure did. And, and uh, you know, when I when I first saw those images, I'm like, that kind of looks like a Bentley, but that, this doesn't add up. But mm-hmm. indeed it was. And, and, you know, I drive Bentleys frequently. I'm, I'm very familiar with them. I really enjoy their cars. And... Um, you know, it's a it's a it's a strange situation, but they're you know they are extremely powerful. It's no no surprise it was able to get to that speed and in, in such a short distance. Yeah, yeah it's I've on heard. that parkway, like it's it's wild. And when it hits that embankment and the way it gets launched in the air, like there's calculations we can do to calculate speed. Obviously, we can download these vehicles as well. To, yeah. and, and as long as it's still sustain, it's it survived the fiery crash. Right. But uh, but yeah, here there was nothing left. No. Well, that it, was the other question too, though. Dot. I would kind of wondered is um, why did it. Did it burn so quick, so fast, you know, so intense? You know, I have seen videos and dash cams of, of a rupture that hits, you know, you hit metal, hits, it makes a spark. Yeah. Yep. You get the fuel right there. Yep. You know, it touches the exhaust. The car is hot. You know, one spark and it's open. And if, if that crash rips open the fuel tank, you know, it's designed in a way to absorb uh, a traditional front end offset side crash right. and so on. But, yep. you know, if it's coming from the air coming down into, you know, 
Right, because there's literally zero protection. If you have anything up in the air now, you see, because the tank goes in from the bottom. Yeah. And, yeah. and in most cases, unless it's an off-road vehicle, there is no other protection. And, and the tanks now are made out of plastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's not really going to dent. It'll just crack and, and like spill its guts. Right I there. saw a car on a dash cam on the 401. Uh, it, a piece of metal came off from underneath a transport truck. It kind of flipped up in the air. It was only probably six or eight inches long. The, a little car drove over it, punctured the fuel tank, and within half like half a second, boom! The car, the car, the fire was started, yep. and it was coming up the back. The guy got off to the side, got out of his vehicle quickly and uh, amazingly. But that fire starts fast. Yeah, because that that was the other thing too is it it's metal underneath the car you think that uh the occupants should be able to get out in time well that's a violent crash too you know yeah it you know if you're talking with peace bridge but uh if it's just a if a fire from the back we have car fires all the time Mm. and for the most part it it starts in the electrical system starts up with the motor starts someplace as long as they can uh, unlock the doors there's a way to manually get in there you should be able to unbuckle get out uh quickly and uh, escape injury yeah Yeah, i saw saw one on the 401 uh last week i believe yeah. It's uh, just, you know, the car was fully engulfed. and The tires start popping, the yeah. the, uh, the uh, compression uh, cylinders and the bumpers and so on, they start exploding. Yeah. You know, it's pretty frightening. Yeah, yeah. It's Actually, crazy. we've got a caller on the line who uh, who's wants to know about the Rainbow Bridge incident. His name is Larry. He's calling in from St. Catharines. Larry, how are you? Hello. Go ahead, sir. Uh, just a combination for Sergeant Kerry Schmidt on the job he does. Oh, thank you. And uh, a question about... DRL. Okay. I'm approaching a lot of cars in the daytime, and they don't have daytime running lights. Uh, is there an answer? Well, daytime running lights should are are mandatory in Canada. They should be on. Um, they they should be operating. You know, I think my biggest issue is the lack of tail lights. You know, you have your daytime running lights on, uh, but you don't have any lights from the back, and often your instrument cluster is already illuminated inside the vehicles. Drivers have no presence or no awareness that they're completely dark. It's a black shadow as you're going down the roads. I wonder, Larry, could it be, like you're in St. Catharines, are you seeing maybe there are a lot of American cars that are coming up that because it's not law in the United yeah. States? No, no, I, I drive an American import, and mm-hmm. I had to make sure that was all Canadianized when I brought. Yeah, it yeah, over. no, no, no. I'm just wondering if if the cars that you're looking no, at maybe are visitors. They're, you know, they're uh, every age of car, and I see them. They don't have daytime running lights, hmm. and I, I just wondered, are they pressing the issue now or not, or what? No, as as Carrie said, they're they're law here, so the vehicle came with it, and if it was made yeah. for the Canadian market. Um, I mean, it, the other possibility is, too, in most cases, you see the, high, the daytime running lights are the high beams working at half power, all right? Now, it yeah. could be that both headlights are out. Yeah, well, that's right? scary when it gets, comes to darkness. <laughs> well, of course, but at the same time, you've got your low beams, eh? Of course. So okay, your low yeah, beams will work. Larry, thanks for calling in with that. Oh, you're welcome. Bye-bye. Uh, all right, take care. I've got Bob's on the line calling from Scarborough. Bob, you got a car question for us. I have. <clears throat> Go ahead, sir. I have a 2007 uh, Lincoln Town Car huh? that's got 47,000 miles on it, and the rad is uh, making gurgling noise. I took it to my garage, and he said, oh, that's just calm. But it continues after you shut it off until it cools off. So I tried to uh, burp it myself by taking the cap off mm-hmm. and then uh, running it for 10 minutes, but there wasn't any air or anything came out of it. So uh, is it a good idea to give it a, a flush? I guess it hasn't been flushed for years. So. If it hasn't been done, by all means, I would take it in and have somebody professionally flush it. They can use a chemical to 
to get rid of some of that corrosion. Also have them check to get the radiator cap. It could be okay. that it's not it's not performing as it should. It's a pressurized cap, and it may not be working both ways. Like it has to let air in and prevent and uh, coolant from getting out. Mm-hmm. Oh, great! Can I ask one more quick question? Well, if you want to hang on the line because we do have to take a break, so sure. let me put you on hold. We're going to uh, park this car, and uh, we'll be right back. This is Dave's Corner Garage. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max with Alan Gelman and OPP Sergeant Kerry Schmidt, and uh, and you can join us as well. Yes, well, you should uh, you should give us a call at four one six three six zero zero seven forty. If you're out of town, eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Yeah, so if you've got a problem with your car, why it's not starting or making a weird noise, mm-hmm. I can do that after forty <coughs> years of automotive experience. <laughs> you're kidding, Alan. Brian Max is here. If you've got a car question, let's say you want to know what he likes. He's certainly a guy who test cars all the time you can check them out on the brian max youtube channel and uh he's i'm just bring a big budget i just big bag of dough yeah you like, never you never cheat you never test cheap cars no generally not <laughs> generally not um yeah uh, this week is you know something uh expensive and electric or modestly expensive and electric and it's lovely uh-huh. but uh you know i like i like driving cars that put a smile on my face and and usually cheap boring cars don't do that True, 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 true. And, of course, uh, Police Constable Carrie Schmidt is here to ask, answer any, uh, uh, let's put it, uh, legal questions. And, and road safety questions. Road sa- it's, exactly. We're getting ready for winter and all kinds of stuff, so get ready for the weather. All right, just going to finish up with Bob here. He's in Scarborough. You got one more question for us quickly, Bob? Yeah, the uh, gear shift on the uh, the steering wheel for that age. Uh, when I go over a bump, it, the lever moves a little bit, and it makes quite a noise. And also, uh, sometimes when I turn it, it makes a grinding noise in there. So that was there a universal joint in there or something that we could be fixed? Uh, probably there's bushings in there. These are all mechanical units and, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can have someone go in there and have a look at it. You could also just try to a little bit of WD-40. You know, that stuff works for everything. And, okay. uh, you know, why not? That and duct tape, eh? Duct tape fixes everything. That's what I heard. Yeah, that's what I heard. (laughs) That's right. If it's not supposed to move, use duct tape. And if it is supposed to move and it's not, WD-40. There you go. (laughs) And uh, don't forget to get your WD-40 before the end of the year because it'll be reformulated as of January 1. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. And the other... There was another accident this this week, actually, as well, where uh, a Tesla, one of your favorite cars, uh, eh, Brian? Yeah. It was launched as well, and it went through the guard barriers. I think it was getting off of Victoria Park or something. Uh-huh. And uh, so, and of course, it was attributed to speeding. I mean, whoever mm-hmm. it was, because, in fact, the, the news reporter was saying, <laughs> Wadeless Insurance gets the bill for the damage <laughs> to the to the guard railing and everything else. Uh. Um, and, and apparently, and it was in, it went down about 50-odd feet, so it was in a bit of a pond. So they said, to getting this thing out is going to cost a whole lot of money. Um, but, but we, you know, there was a big accident a while back, and, and it was in Las, in Las Vegas, actually. And where it happened was somebody was uh, not paying attention. I think they may have been impaired, but... We're going way too fast, went through an intersection and wiped out a whole lot of cars and people. Oh, yeah. Um, so then the manufacturers or, or the, the, uh, you know, the, the government is talking about, they have the technology to, to look at somebody's speed as they're driving the car and affect it. In other words, it knows where you are, it knows the speed limit where you are, mm-hmm. and it knows how fast you're going. And because you have this two-way communication, they could... They could you know, change it. They could all of a sudden shut the car off or limit its power. Do you think that would be a good idea? 
Uh, well, it's, we're past that point, at least in the United States. That's already on the books for 2026. Mm-hmm. So remote kill switches are already on the books. I broke that news like two years ago, and it's taken the mainstream media this long to sort of pick it up. But um, uh, so that was buried in, in one of those uh, bills in the U.S. a couple of years ago. Nobody really you know, bothered to investigate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I happened to learn about it and, uh, and, and did, a, did an episode on YouTube about it over two years ago. Wow. Yep. Uh, so that's on the books for the United States for U.S. market vehicles. But being the Canadian market, we tend to adopt all of these things. It's probably coming here. And uh, of course, nobody's saying anything about that. Well, you would have thought, though, that, I mean, if it's happening and, and, and it would be a useful tool, uh, it, does law enforcement know about it yet? Well, I, no. Actually, I'm not aware of that uh, in terms of legislation or timing, but again, that will hopefully save a lot of things in terms of stolen vehicles and, and the way vehicles, uh, you know, are, are operated and, and uh, you know, protected. You know, same thing with changing uh, taillight legislation. I think in the next year or two, that will be automatic as well in Canada. Is that not? Uh, I, I don't know. I haven't. I, I haven't there heard. Was but rumors of that coming as well. That, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, um, it makes a lot of sense. But uh, you know, I, I can I can see this, and you know, especially you know, busy places like like. You know, well, anywhere in North America these days. But you know, if there's uh, if there's this this kind of technology, great for you know uh, eliminating the whole idea of police chasing a vehicle. Mm-hmm. That kind of you know that you throw that idea at the window. But of course, when governments are involved with kind of technology, where is that boundary actually going to be? And um, you know, who, who's who's going to be the one responsible for pressing those buttons? Yeah, those are well, those are more important questions. I'm not aware of that. There's obviously lots of junk cars out there as well, and all older vehicles, and all sorts of things out on the roads. That, that's true. So you know, it takes it basically. It's been taking 20 years to replace all the cars on the road. So it's a it would take a, a long time to do this. I suspect, however, that a lot of cars that are capable of over-the-air updates, whether they're gas-powered or EVs, doesn't really matter. If your car's capable of, of taking over-the-air updates, it's probably going to get fitted with a um, uh, remote kill switch technology as well. Well, yeah. and, and provided that the driver has it displayed in front of them that says, your car will be shut down in 10 seconds or something Well, that like exists that. already with uh, with some uh, General Motors and OnStar and so on. There's yes. remote, remote kills on those vehicles, and yep. I've, I've been part of those uh, projects where we can actually remotely disable vehicles, and it's totally un, unbeknownst to the driver in the vehicle. If it's a stolen car, uh, they can slow that vehicle vehicle down it'll slowly come to a stop uh, engine the the brakes will work but the gas won't and so um, and that's a way of, of us stopping a vehicle safely that's brilliant yeah yeah, yeah. wow so that they can do that via the airplane or a drone i guess even it's all remotely through uh th- on, through online yeah. right, right but they gotta have an eye on the car yeah the officers will be on the ground right behind the car we'll only do it when we're right behind the vehicle just to bring make sure they don't get rear-ended by someone coming from behind <laughs> yes. uh, all right that's the voice of carrie schmidt i'm sure you've uh, heard him before 416 416- 360-0740 if you want to give us a call or toll free if you're out of town. Like our friend George up in Wasega Beach who called me in. George always likes to have some type of comment, you know? Okay. Well, yeah. so I had to give him a plug. one 740 4740 He even put Scuttlebutt Lodge on the side of his old antique pickup truck, eh? No kidding. Yeah. Right on. Good guy. George, have a good one. Hope you're having your coffee with the boys. <laughs> this is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max with Alan Gelman and OPP Sergeant Kerry Schmidt. We were just talking about uh, 
um, off ramps yeah. and and uh, in in the racing world we would uh, we call you know most turns are, are decreasing radius where the radius gets shorter the further you go through uh, a corner and that generally that works great on racetracks but it generally doesn't work on the road because you know um, most drivers are expecting a constant radius mm-hmm. of that corner which makes a lot of sense but there's some ramps around on ramps that are decreasing radius which surprise drivers absolutely that they do those advisory speed limits are there for a reason maybe not just for transport trucks you see the the big rollover tipping truck uh, sign, but uh, as a vehicle, you can easily slide off the edge uh, of those ramps if you're going in way too hot. And, uh, you know, those speeds are there for a reason. The speed limit may still exist, and you, you know, I'm not saying you can go faster than the advisory, but uh, if the conditions are wet or icy in winter conditions, my goodness, you had better be ready. Pay attention, absolutely, and especially if you're only driving with one hand, because you either got a Timmy's or your phone in the other, eh? <laughs> well, hopefully or, or, not the or, phone. Or a cigar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got, uh, we, we seem to spark some attention here. We've got uh, Bridget on the line. She's in southwestern Ontario. I'm not sure exactly where that is, but she's got a question about electric cars. Bridget, go ahead. Yeah, it, it's just more, thanks for taking my call. Uh-huh. Um, it's just that in um, the UK, they've had a tremendous amount of rain, and uh, EV cars have been uh, stalling. Oh, stalling! Really interesting. So, you know, with with a with a uh, a petrol car. I mean, you, you especially if you're English, you do your damnedest to get through a puddle, right? And hope you don't, <laughs> get yeah. don't yeah. turn your car into a submarine. If there's a big puddle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but the EV EV cars apparently they're stalling left, right, and center. So I just wondered if over this side. Um, of the pond, there's, uh, you know, looking at looking at that sort of thing. Well, certainly, you know, and Brian can attest to this. The batteries in most of these vehicles are at the bottom, you know, which which yes. makes it great for handling because yes. most of the weight is under the bottom that, of the car. That's right. They, they, you know, they're well protected. They're they're everything is sealed from the weather. Mm. Um, yeah, Bridget, I haven't I haven't heard um, about this in this part of the world or any other part of the world. But um, you know, anything is possible. I I find more often than not, it's operator error than the than the car that causes. Well, problems. no, I, I'd have to agree there because uh, I mean. I mean, we had a flood a few years back, and, and, and same thing where someone said, I thought I could get through it, mm-hmm. but but you can't. You know, your car's not designed to operate. It's an automobile. It's not a submarine. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah there, at, at, at some point, at some point, water is going to enter uh, a critical system of the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I have a friend with a BMW, and he's he's all ticked off now too because it's going to cost him somewhere around two thousand dollars just to get his headlights working again. And they claim that it was water intrusion into the back of the headlight assembly. I mean, the manufacturers do do their best, but you know, you don't want to be going into waist high water. No, you definitely don't. And you know, as as these things age, the the weather sealing you know may may deteriorate and that sort of thing. But on top of that, uh, some headlamps, especially in BMWs, can be incredibly expensive because they're so high tech. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Bridget, uh, was there any pun intended when you talked about this side of the pond? <laughs> no, not really. No. <laughs> no, all right, all right. So, so in the future, take our advice, please. Advise the pond altogether. All right. <laughs> Avoid. All right. Take care, <laughs> Brian. Uh, well, you know, um, driving uh, a car through deep water is just the the dumbest idea. Um, sometimes manufacturers will will send me um, SUVs um, with uh, with high uh, mounted air intakes. Correct. Yes. So yes, that, yes, you know yes. that'll put the that'll get the actual air and everything will be sealed. That'll get the air intake like I don't know uh, three or four feet off the off the ground, which is fine. But I mean, cars aren't meant to or, or SUVs aren't meant to be driven through water. 
No, exactly. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, the, the air filtered housing is, is generally the, the, the uptake or intake for it is, is quite low. It's only maybe, you know, a little yeah. more than two feet in the yeah, air. Maybe two feet on most cars. Yeah. 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 The thing about yeah. your controllability when you hit the water, you know, hydroplaning or hitting a puddle can drag uh, one side of the vehicle. It's going to have much more drag as you're going through that water. It's going to pull in that direction. Mm-hmm. Just like when we get into winter driving and you get snow and slush, you just catch one edge. If you catch a puddle, you catch snow or water, you know, it's going to feel like your car is getting pulled in that direction because of extra extra drag. So I, I've seen that on the parkway where, I, you know, I, I, I obviously the crews get or try to get around and, and clean the drains, but Sometimes they're just not there fast enough, yeah. and the water doesn't drain off, and all of a sudden you're floating. It's a scary feeling. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, and, and, and you know, this is the thing. When you're, when you're traveling at speed, even though cars have all these fantastic traction and stability systems, at some point you will overcome those systems with just basic physics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, I've got another caller here. Jack's calling from Mississauga. He's got a question about oil. Jack, what can we do for you? Hi, good morning, gentlemen. Uh Okay, so I had changed my uh, oil pressure sending unit on my 2014 Dodge Ram uh, just over three years ago, and uh, how did it? Uh, and, and then now the, the codes come back up with it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, before my uh, uh, my last oil change, I ran uh, seat foam through the car or through the uh, through the oil before the oil change, hoping yep. to break down any sludge or sure. anything. Uh, the light didn't come on right away, but then uh, sure enough, it did. And uh, so I didn't know if there's any other hacks or anything like that that I could uh, do uh, before I have to go back and uh, change this oil sending unit for a second time in three years. I mean, you could pull a dipstick out and just see how viscous, you know, the oil is. And, you know, could be that there was some seafoam stuff hung up. It's not a product that I use. I certainly see a lot about it. If it was kind of foamy, it, it may be the fact that it's, it's, it's watered down the oil, and that's why the, the switch is thinking that you don't have enough oil pressure. Um, so check that out. You just pull a drain plug, drain drain stick, uh, the dipstick. Dipstick, yes. Hey, not don't the, look not at the, me like that. Not the drain plug. <laughs> <laughs> pull out the dipstick and just see if it runs off. If it runs off like water, then that's the problem, and I'd probably have it drained and filled again. You've got nothing to lose by doing that except for four liters of oil. Um, and then the other problem could have been, too, as well, the the... There, there's lots of aftermarket products around, and in, and in a lot of cases, there's you know cheap imported ones that aren't really good quality. They'll work for a short time, but not for a long time. So if they went with a cheap aftermarket part, it could be that it's just failed, and, and it may be best in this case to call back, call the dealer, and get a factory one. That'd be probably the best advice I could give you. There you go. I had to change at the dealer. Uh, okay. Well, then try the oil again if necessary. Try uh, drain it and fill it and see what happens. Okay. Thanks for calling. All right, 416-360-0740 are the numbers to call, or 1-866-744-740. There you go. Lots of, lots of interesting questions this morning. Mm. There is, yeah. Yes. yeah. And uh, car thefts are up as normal. Oh, uh, my goodness. They're, we see it all the time. You know, It doesn't matter uh, make, model, brand. You may think uh, your car is not going to be stolen, and all of a sudden uh, you, you wake up one morning and it's missing from your driveway. I've talked to people that have lost two vehicles at one time on their driveway at, at, on the same night. You know, People are out there targeting these vehicles. We see these thieves coming in with uh, high-tech uh, 
equipment. You know, they don't uh, necessarily need the, the key fobs. We see nope. these ra- radio antenna receivers. Sure, the, the Halliday uh, bags are there one way to protect, you know, one type of thief, but then there's other thieves that don't even need that. They'll come in and, and just, if they can get into the power system of the vehicle in any way, they can hijack the car and it's going to be off your driveway in seconds. Yeah, so like my, uh, my brother-in-law, I'm going to throw him under the bus, he has a <laughs> Honda CRV. Help. And, uh, and of course, Help. it is the, the number one stolen vehicle in Canada, uh, you know, probably again. And, of course, he's got a two-car garage. It is filled with junk. Mm-hmm. So, you know, first thing is put your, put your car in the garage. It's filled with junk, so that doesn't happen. Okay, fine. Well, at least get a, get a club on your steering wheel because yep. what that means is they're going to go to the house around the corner that they've already cased and they know where all the CRVs are that are sitting outside. So if you don't want to lose your CRV, if you can't put it in the garage, put a club on it and, and you know, you're going you're to be uh, tempting fate, but... Um, there are so many vehicles out there getting stolen, and and just because you have the uh, the little red light flashing telling your your vehicles are locked, it doesn't matter. They nope. can they can get in those cars, exotic cars, luxury cars, simple cars, um, you know, imports, domestic, doesn't matter. They're getting lifted left, right, and center, and they're gone. You know, in, into shipping containers, or they're getting revinned and rebranded. You know, and they're gone. You know, yeah. now it's up to insurance, and you're out of luck. Yeah, and you got to replace it, and it's still. You know, if you've got a, a desirable car, it's going to take a while to to, to replace yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. You see a lot of the revin cars here, though. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, revinning of of vehicles that you have no idea. You know, we see people stealing vehicles, and they'll just they'll change license plates, and and there's all sorts of ways people will uh, will get rid of these vehicles, either drive them themselves, or they'll revin. In them and again there's VIN numbers all throughout the vehicle and if you are any any what suspicious about buying a vehicle from some guy online <laughs> you know on marketplace or wherever it is be very suspicious you know if they're not meeting you at uh, a reputable location you know check the VINs check you have to have the used car information package but there's a lot of things that that people are buying what they think is a legitimate valuable car and only to be found out uh, months down the road that in fact this car is stolen you just lost your car it's being seized and uh, sorry your money's gone that's right if it's a private transaction yeah um, there's no guarantee of any kind no, no that money right. is gone yeah. And, oh, yeah. and there's like hundreds of cars being stolen you know every day really across the GTA through Canada everywhere it is it is unbelievable how fast it is and how frustrating and how violating it feels when you wake up and your car is missing so yeah uh, well Mr. That's Ford a, made an announcement that they're going to uh, throwing some extra money at you guys to try to help you solve it how? yeah now again we have people like they're they're stealing the cars they're looking for the keys I mean, we're also worried that uh, they're going to be looking for where you hang the keys and so now we're turning them, them turning into home invasions and they're going to start breaking into the house right and looking for the easy key which is probably sitting right by the closet right on the hook right by the door smash the door grab the keys and the car is gone it's yeah. where you left it honey yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know where we always leave them that little uh little little cup up by the door there yeah. right? protect yep. yourself be aware and, and be be super sensitive if you see a, a suspicious car in your in your uh, neighborhood keep an eye on that and and Protect your car from uh, from these thieves. So do what you can. Block it in. A club is a great uh, first step. There you go. Dave's Corner Garage, 416-360-0740. If you got a question, we're here to answer it. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max in studio with Alan Gelman and OPP Sergeant Kerry Schmidt. Good morning. 
Good morning. You got some driving to do, Carrie? Oh, I got always driving to do. You know, we like you're saying. We put, I put on fifty or more odd thousand kilometers uh, every uh, year, and yet we're going from crash to crash, wreck to wreck. We had all these wrecks down the QW there yesterday. We've seen you know officers out there doing their festive ride campaigns. That's a big issue right now with impaired driving, distracted driving, all the frustrations that we see. And and you know as everyone's going back into the roads, the driving, you know the shopping malls yesterday were absolutely. Jam- Right. With uh, with shoppers. And again, crashes are happening even in these good good weather conditions. You know, when the roads are dry, people maybe aren't considering what their uh, behavior should be. They're relaxed. They're calm. They're not uh, hypervigilant because of snow or ice. But that's coming. And, and we probably get called to about 70,000 car crashes, you know, every single year. Wow. And that's a lot of wrecks. And that's, uh, you know, it's going to be busy once we get those snowflakes coming down. But even days to, like today, there's going to be people, they're on their phone, they're drinking their coffee, having a great day, and, um, and not, they don't realize how fast traffic conditions stop. Not paying attention. Exactly. There's a job at hand and they're not doing it. No, the, you know, driving is the distraction. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, I've got another question about electric cars. Electric bikes, actually. Uh, let's see what Tony's got. Tony, how are you? Uh, I'm okay. Um, I just get so very worried and then agitate. You're seeing those e-bike, you know, just flying. Yes, with no helmets. <laughs> without helmet, okay, with or without helmet, whatever. What happened if they hit me while I was walking? I okay. got no protection. And then the pain, it's, it's, um, it's, uh, it's hard to, um, to count. So I don't know what the government or the city or the uh, uh, transport people, uh, department, what they're going to do about it. Great question. Well, there, there's new technology happening, coming online all the time. We have these e-bikes. We have these, uh, you know, self-balancing uh, little uh, scooters as well. They're ripping all over the place, and and you know they're they're efficient, they're quick, they're fast. And you have all the, the the delivery folks using their bikes and the the mail deliveries. Uh, there's bike lanes all over the place as well. You know, again, sharing the road responsibly as a pedestrian, as a bicyclist, you're vulnerable. Obviously, uh, if you go down, if you're involved in a crash with a car, you know, if you're a pedestrian getting hit by an e-bike, yeah. Yeah, they're coming fast. They're quiet. You can't really hear them. And, and that's why we want people to be absolutely vigilant. You know, there's lots of uh, rules around what you can drive, what you can't drive, what makes an e-bike, uh, a scooter, a bicycle, a pedal-assisted bicycle, or or basically a motor vehicle. Some of these things don't even have a classification. These things are being uh, designed and, and pushed into the market so quickly. Uh, it is It is challenging. So, you know, I'm asking everyone to really pay attention and, uh, and know where you should be or shouldn't be. Well, as much as we really don't like them as car drivers, uh, bike lanes, really where they should be, correct? Absolutely. That's uh, The bike lanes are there. They're, they're being um, you know, expanded all throughout the, the city and the region. Lots of areas where you can actually take advantage. And you'll actually find, if you're doing a lot of downtown commuting, you're going to see how much quicker you can actually get through and through traffic if you're on, on these bike lanes or, or taking you know, other options instead of your vehicle. It can be very efficient. But you know, again, we just want to make sure that we are all aware of each other's uh, responsibilities. And, and please don't cut off the, the bikes and the bike lanes. And as a bicyclist, you know, you have brakes. And when the rules of the road apply to everybody, so please, let's all do our part. That's that's the problem. Yeah, it's just like the cyclist I saw blowing the uh, four-way stop near my house yeah. today. Well, you know what? People running mid-block, we've seen now with darkness, we're getting so many more pedestrian crashes. We had uh, a massive increase in pedestrian uh, collisions in last month compared to the year previous. You know, again, this is the time of year. The sun's going down sooner. There, there's more darkness 
and there is daylight. You know, pedestrians crossing mid-block, maybe crossing against the signals and uh, not looking to where they're going. You know, you know, it's it's the responsibility of everybody out on the road, sidewalks, trails or wherever. You know, pay attention, know what's going on, and just uh, let's get to where we're going. I guess this is the downside of electric car as opposed to an ice vehicle, eh? I mean, because they're so quiet whether it's the car or a, a bicycle. Yeah, they are They are no sound. very quiet. And, well, and They make sounds to a certain degree, and, and they vary by manufacturer and manufacturer, but, um, you know, the, this BMW I'm driving today does make a sound mm-hmm. that, that, you know, if pedestrians don't have their earbuds in, yeah. uh, they, can, they can hear the car. Oh, you're fussy. <laughs> <laughs> you mean I'm not supposed to look like a zombie walking down the street, you know? Yeah, exactly. Totally oblivious to everything that's going on around you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, pedestrians do bear some responsibility as well. Like on the, on the way here this morning, I had an, an advanced green around the corner from the uh, the, the studio, and uh, a pedestrian stepped off the curb in front of me. Yeah, and that's scary. And and that's why, you know, we, we've seen these crashes happening, and, and you know, I'm, I, I don't want to, you know, put blame on specific uh, situations and we don't know what's going on. Right. But uh, it really is, uh, it's so important that we all want to get to where we're going. Bright clothing. We talk about Halloween. Kids are dressing up in the costumes. They can't see anything now with winter. You know, you're putting your hood on, your fuzzies, and all you're looking straight ahead. You know, making eye contact with the drivers, being that that aware road user, whatever you are operating or walking or, or, or driving, be uh, be present and, and be aware. Don't be distracted and, and consumed by your phone or other distractions. I have a question. Um, I am not a professional driver by all means. Um, watched your video. Um, is it? How come you were like picking a bone with people who change lanes all the time? So th- this is a this is a problem I find in in Toronto and and uh, as I said in that video this week I was in Atlanta they do the same thing they're they're the driving culture in Atlanta and, and Toronto are about the same and everybody seems to be very interested in themselves and uh-huh. not working with anybody else so what what I see because I I tend to drive in in a couple of good rush hours a week not every day thankfully but what I see is people changing lanes during rush hour and traffic's moving slow. As if they've, you know, they've got some ESP. Oh, so when it's crawling. You mean. Yeah, when it's crawling. They've got some ESP. Well, you know, th- this lane's going to be faster than the other lane. And, and they, you know, they cut each other off. I've seen collisions yeah. because people didn't want to share the road. That was amusing. But, um, you know, thankfully I drive all these cool new cars. And um, they've, they've got uh, systems sometimes where they will just drive themselves hands-free mm-hmm. up to a, a certain um, speed. And that's great. So makes my life easy. But everybody in Toronto, a lot of drivers in Toronto seem to think that they can cut each other off and, and, uh, and, and you know, make a couple extra seconds to get to wherever they're going. Every time you're changing lanes, you're actually taking up two two spots right there. You're actually increasing traffic congestion just by changing back and forth, back and forth all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and it's probably not going to get you a lot further down the road in the end because you usually see that car, you know, just in front of you or just behind you at the end. So what, what I what I will say, I wrote a piece about this in my uh, Haggerty column years ago. In Southern California, this doesn't happen. Really? People, for the most part, stick to their lane because they understand this and they they stay in their lane until they get to their destination and need to change out of their lane. So they obviously know what their lane is. Yeah. Uh, unless that lane is the far left lane and you sit there and you <laughs> stick in your lane. I, I'm going to take exception to your comment there because that left lane is not, you don't own it. And if there's someone behind you and traffic is flowing, not when you're going stop and go, but if the traffic is flowing, there's a car behind you, please turn out to the right. You know, don't be that left lane hog. Uh, it is so frustrating. It's one of the biggest complaints that we get with, uh, with that causes road rage because the car zipping through all the lanes, it, it may not be the problem. It's the car that's parked in the left lane 
lane that's uh, preventing everyone from uh, from driving. <laughs> yes, I come down the Parkway every Saturday and I see it. But uh, yeah. I, but because I'm the I'm the unsafe guy who's passing on the inside, eh? You left me no option. Underpassing, yeah. You know, it's uh, you know, if we could all had to have that mentality, you you pass on the left and you drive on the right. It's pretty simple. All right, rules are we we hear the music, we got to jump. So this is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max in studio with Alan Gelman and OPP Sergeant Kerry Schmidt. And uh, heading out on a big, busy weekend, I'm sure. Lots of things going on. Lots of things going on. Lots of parties happening. A lot of people out there celebrating. And if you're going to be celebrating with a few beverages, cocktails, uh, or anything else, you know, make sure you got a way home. Uh, ride checks are happening every day, day and night. Uh, we get do ride checks in the morning, first thing in the morning. And we're <laughs> getting drunks from uh, the night before. So, you know, depending on what you're doing, you need to have a plan to get getting home safely and if you uh you know crash on someone's couch and you've been going hard all night it uh it's likely going to be a rough morning for you so you know you're probably still not going to be sober in the morning so just uh figure out what you're doing have a plan so if you're planning on crashing do it in your on the couch rather than in the car hey good idea there you go thank you (laughs) all right we're going to talk to les next he's out in mississauga les you got a question for us uh, hi, good afternoon. Uh, good morning. Uh, I like the show. I find it uh, informative. Sure, go ahead, sir. Actually, actually after my uh, uh, after I placed the car, the 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 question I make uh, had uh, was kind of solved. Uh, I'm calling to basically uh, ask the Kerry Smith uh, if OPP uh, enforcing, I believe it's Article Number One Forty Seven Highway Traffic Act, uh, keep right except to pass. Uh, yeah. When the when the traffic, uh, I know it's difficult to enforce, but maybe instead of enforcing, it would be more education, more posters on, on this illuminated. Yeah, so, boards. you know, it's and, interesting. And, and, and uh, yeah, just a moment. Well, uh, this high, keep right except to pass uh, applies, uh, as many drivers do not know, applies to every road in Ontario, not only 401 and 407 at uh, 400, but also to municipal, regional road, yeah. every every uh, road uh, except uh, according to highway traffic that's act. right so the highway traffic act requires drivers if you're being overtaken that you turn out to the right when being overtaken and so we want people to uh, understand that is the rule now i'll tell you you are not doing anything illegal by passing in the middle lane when the slower car is in the left now in some countries you know that's either frowned upon or maybe all all out prohibited. You know, if there are multiple lanes going in the same direction, you are allowed to pass in any one of those lanes. Now, you know, it's frustrating when you see cars moving over to the merge lane from from an on-ramp and they shoot to the end of the merge lane and then cut back in. Like, and, and we see that all the time. Now, sadly, it's not necessarily illegal to do that, um, but... You know, again, that's where we want to have a little bit of shared responsibility, a little bit of professionalism, a little bit of courtesy. You know, we all are kind of a community out on the roads here. So, yes, turn out to the right when you're being overtaken. That means left lane left lane drivers, if you're not using your mirrors, if there's a car behind you and there's no car in front of you and a car passes you on the right, you're in the wrong lane. you got to move over. So uh, we want people to, to realize that. I wonder if people even realize it's happening, you know, because they're down looking at their crotch and, <laughs> and it, you know, this is not an X-rated show. They're looking at their phone. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I, I've seen it where they're, they're in the passing lane. They're looking down. Yeah, I passed them. They didn't even know I passed them. No, exactly. no, no. And you know, oblivious, oblivious. You yeah, have that's, ears. That, that's it. You know, I, I, I find more often than not when 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 someone is just trying to own the the left lane, they are oblivious yeah. to everything that's yeah, going it's on. Yeah, it's not an intentional, they're being nasty on purpose. They're, no, no, they're no, not no. trying to roadblock. Mm-hmm. They're just not... Well, but I have seen that as well, where drivers oh, yeah, yeah, are yeah, in, yeah. in the yeah, There are left, both like, of those kinds. And, and I'll see them like, oh, you move over to pass me on the right. I'm, I'm sta- staying here in the left. Like, <laughs> buddy, you no, know, no, that's not the, that's not the reason. And, and I, 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 I pull them over. We, I pull people over all the time for doing that kind of stuff. And it's just like trying to educate them, you know, one person at a time. But if we can get that mass message out and everyone, tell your friends, you know, don't be that guy. Don't be that girl. Don't be that driver who's sitting in the left lane. Like, come on. We we all have a place to go. We all want to get there, and we don't want to get there all hot under the collar because that is probably one of the first uh, triggers for a lot of road rage. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, I, I find I find those drivers completely uh, oblivious more often than not. Yeah. I don't think it's intentional, and it, you know, it's it, it it's a bit of a lack of of education. I don't think um, you know. We take um, licensing standards all that seriously in Ontario, let alone the country or the country to the south. I don't think anybody takes it that seriously. I prefer to drive in Germany. Yeah. Well, you know, you have mirrors on your vehicle. Look to see what's going on, uh, not just in front of you, but beside you and behind you. Big trucks, bl- blind spots when you're in the city t- making turns. You know, having that awareness is is so vitally important. You know, like um, it's just, it's just simple things. You know, we see people that are just looking straight ahead, just barely over the hood of their vehicle, look way down range, anticipate tailgating, following too close, you know, you know, that, you know, that is uh, going to cause you all kinds of heartache when traffic stops suddenly and we see that happening all the time or there's debris or something on the highway and you, someone yep. slams on the brake in front of you and you have no margin of error, you have no reaction time and, and now you're into the back of a vehicle, now you've got a car crash. Fender bender or not, it's going to cause a whole bunch of backlog behind us. So just take it easy out there uh, and get off the highway. If you're in a wreck, you know you don't need to block lanes just to uh, wait for police or tow trucks to arrive. If if your vehicle is drivable, get off the highway. Make yourself safe. Kerry Schmidt, thanks for joining us today. Hey, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I mean, and that's the big thing is just you know there's one job to do, and that's to get yourself safely to where you're going. So yeah. pay attention. You're there to drive, not to do everything else, because you can't multitask, right, Brian? There is no such thing as multitasking. All you're doing is switching your attention from one thing to another, and especially when it comes to driving. I've been teaching for, I don't know, 30-something years-ish. And you can't, you can't, you definitely can't multitask when it comes to driving. Oh, so exactly. Pay attention. Have yes. fun. Drive safe, everyone. Great news. And uh, Ashley, thank you very much for helping the boys. Uh, I think you proved that women can be better drivers. In this case, <laughs> yes. anyways. Yes. I, I would think so. I'd give her props anytime. Anytime. Thanks this for is... keeping us between the lanes. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Carey, I'm Al. Drive safe, everyone, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.
This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.